This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. With mixed market bet builders, in-play betting and a selection of welcome offers, make sure your Premier League is spent with BetVictor's premier betting app. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, small town Welsh football club, is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Turfcast podcast full-time show. We are not fucking dead yet. We are not fucking dead yet. Burnley 2, Southampton 0. I'm joined by Simon Townley. Simon, your thoughts on the game, mate? Oh, mate, what a game. I mean, refreshing is possibly the key word for that. It was, uh, I heard a stat afterwards, that's the first time we've had something like six shots on target in, in 19 games or the first, something something like that where you could see the free-flowing sort of freedom that they've got. Um, there was some nerves, don't get me wrong, but there were always going to be nerves in it when you're at that position in the table that you are. But before I go into it sort of fully, I was fucking buzzing, mate. It was just such a good game to watch. And I think yeah. we forgot what it's like to watch good football. Yeah. Do you think it's the best performance of the season? I think it was sort of the more what well, no, I don't think it was. No, I, th- I think that'd be harsh on, on on people. I think Everton was one of the best people. performances, even though it had two pe- shitty penalties that we give away. 
think uh, yeah. attacking wise, I think that was really good. I still think we had frailties at the back. They should have scored them two corners. Uh, we were flat footed. So yeah, I, don't, I yeah, definitely think there's room for improvement, but I was delighted with it still. Room for improvement, yes, but I still think it's the best performance of the season. I don't care if it might. I'm not trying to criticise Dash when I say that, but I do think it is the best performance of the season. Apologies if I freeze a lot. I don't know what it is. This camera's a bit shite. Um, it depends on time of day, this camera. is weird. As long as you can hear me and you can all hear what I'm saying and stuff, then happy days. I'm getting loads of comments coming in. Mike Green, Newport fan, not even a Burnley fan, says you are staying up. Dominic Hopefully. Golfer says, for once, a whole midfield was fantastic. Ward Prowse didn't even get a sniff. That's I do want to talk about that. The midfield, obviously, we're all gutted Westy got injured, but we've been yeah. campaigning for Cork and Brown in the middle. I'd have even taken Cork and Westy, to be honest. I just wanted Cork to be part of that midfield. It's no coincidence that all of a sudden the midfield's class again that Jack Cork's back in there, is it? Well, we played three games previously to this where Jack Cork played before um, his return of late. And we think I think we won two, drew one, and then he's been back in for two games now. And we've drawn one, one, one. So the energy, and one was away from one that we drew. So the energy that he brings to the game is massive. Jack Cork, uh, I am on about, obviously, but uh, it, it is massive. I just wish Brownhill would be a bit sort of less excitable uh, when he's got the ball. I want him to be as excitable as he is when he's not got the ball. But when he has got the ball, sometimes I just want him to sort of think about it before he does it because he can just, he just tries. The Hollywood balls all the time. That's my problem. Yeah. That's only criticism. He, he did one of them at first half where he just volleyed it. And you could see what he tried to do, but he just doesn't have the technique or the quality to be able to do it. I'm going to bring Dan in as well. Sorry, Dan, if I took you by surprise there because I didn't mention it at all first. So very unprofessional right. from me. Just brought him in mid brewship. Um, how are you feeling, mate? Good win, weren't it? It were. Cracking result. Um, over the moon. Happy as a pig in shit. Every like superlative you could actually find and use. You, could, you know what? I even stuck a prediction on my forehead prior to kick off. Look at that. Get that UV pen out. Look at that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Straight in there. No message. Have, have you been walking around with that on your head all day? Uh, no, nah, probably for about 10 minutes. I just thought nah, I'd milk enough. it a bit. <laughs> fair enough. Well, Simon, you're showing something on screen. What are you showing? I was showing his reaction because I was on TikTok, so I put it on to see it, show everyone what he was Okay, saying. fair enough. Sam is live on TikTok. You want to get over there. Uh, Mike Green must know Dan through Dan's channel. He says, Big Dan. Yeah. Um, obviously, just going back to what we are saying about Corker, uh, Matt Lawcock's in the channel. Evening, Matt. He says, breaks up the midfield. I think Corner tries to do too much. The one criticism I have of today's game is I thought Corner was a little bit... Po- you say you're excitable. I thought Corner got a little bit excitable, but, you know... Yeah, he's been fantastic this season, so you can't slag him off too much, or, or that's the vibe you get on Twitter anyway. Um, I w- I'm going to do this one early, because I think this one will be a good debate. Man of the match shouts. I think there's a few. I'm going to go... There's a few that... I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mention the names of who played well in my head, because I think it should be obvious. A lot of people played well. Get the comments in as well. Get Let me know your man of the match, and we'll put them on the screen. I'm going to go Connor Roberts. He was class. He was class. And I have been one of the people that wanted Lawton in the team because I think he's better defensively. I've always said Roberts is probably better going forward. And I think he showed that again tonight. But he, he was just class defensively and going forward. So, Connor Roberts for me. Simon, I'm going to come to you first because you look puzzled. No, sorry. I was just trying to rest my phone. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Okay. I think that it was Connor Roberts' best performance in the Burnley shirt by a country mile, not even a little bit. 100%. It was... He had the full range, but almost, can we just admit that we were right in saying that he played better today in a a wing-back role? I know that we played a flat 4-4-2, but he was up the pitch, and this is what we we, we noticed. He was getting back, 
Granted, in the second half, he brought Lawton on there just to sort of share it up a bit because there was a few times where he was getting tired, uh, Roberts, in the tracking back. But yeah. his general footballing play, linking it up, getting in, getting in attacking positions and then scoring a world there. It's that wing-back role and a winger role that suits him down to a tee. And that's why I think he had his best performance today. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Daniel, yourself, who, who, who are you going to give him a match to? As you said, quite a few contenders. Uh, Dwight McUnreal, as, as, as what I've seen a lot of people saying. Uh, honestly, look like... The tune's changed there, hasn't it? I know. To be fair, though, it has. We actually saw glimpses of the original McNeil in that, in that yeah. fixture alone. This is the only problem, though. We've had it a few times with McNeil where we get the one good performance and then it's back to a couple of flop performances and then a good one comes out of the blue again. Um, if it keeps up and it's a bit consistent, then feel for free. I'll take it. Uh, for me, yeah, Connor Roberts or Charlie Taylor. Yeah, I think Charlie it's Taylor needs, uh, Charlie, needs a massive shout-out. Yeah, I think Cork, the ones the ones for me that stood out were Jack Cork in the middle. We've already mentioned that. Uh, Dwight McNeil, you've mentioned him. Um, it was class. I think he's playing with a bit of freedom, but we're going to get into that because we're getting some comments about that. And both centre-backs, Tarky was class. You know, yeah. I think the people saying that he don't want to play for us anymore is done. You can't really say that. Sorry, he's not interested anymore is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you can't really say that anymore. He's been class for the last three, four months despite a, sport, a poor start. But... You know, everybody started poorly, really. Uh, and Collins as well. Collins was class. Um, so I think there's a lot of players, there's a lot of people to bring into it. But there's a lot of people coming in now commenting, talking about Daesh. Uh, on the drive home, on listening to Talk Sport, they were talking about Daesh. For me, as I've already said, I think that is the best performance of the season. Dan, I'll start with you. Do you think we are playing as well now? Because we played well against West Ham as well. We were unlucky to beat a side in seventh. You know, if Corney scores that penalty, I think we win that game. Are we seeing now a side that are playing with freedom or playing with somebody uh, underneath somebody that they actually want to play for now? Or am I just, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Am I being harsh or? Not really, no. I think obviously the rumour mill is quite well and truly there for everyone to see. So whether it's a player revolt, whether it's not, who knows, 50-50 split, whatever it is, you can see there's been more freedom. The 10 years of having Dash at the helm, we really didn't get to see much in terms of training videos. Now we're getting them having a laugh, yeah, creating songs yeah. behind the scenes and stuff like that. So you're thinking, is there a bit of like, they've loosened the strings a bit? You know, the club's a bit more open. Is this is this part of Alan Pace's vision of going forward that he wants to make sure that we sort of see everything behind the scenes? For me, yeah, one of the best performances of the season, if not the best performance of the season. I think... All in all, to be fair, that yeah, there's there's just so much more freedom, so much more freedom. Yeah. It, you know, I were nervous, I were nervous. I'm not going to lie. I thought, right, what's going to happen now that Dash has gone? Is it going to be that heads have dropped? And if it is a player revolt, then lace up your boots because you're in for a good couple of cup finals. Yeah, yeah. Simon, your thoughts? There's a lot of comments coming in about Pope's distribution as well, and I did notice that at the time. How often have we seen Pope do a heat and style throw like that today? But Pope was doing it a lot. That, again, seems to me like it's something about maybe Dice didn't want him to do that and the shackles are off. So looking to me, like I'll, I'll just say my piece, looking at the performance, I kind of feel that it's kind of damning on the last eight months. It, it tells me that they want to actually play in a in a... 
you know, in, in a way that they can play now, that they've wanted to play for a while and Dice wasn't letting them. Again, Simon, your thoughts? Yeah, mate. Um, definitely up there as one of the performances of the season. There's a couple to mention in, in terms of it. I think there was Brighton away, um, were, yeah. were sensational that game. Everything just clicked. That was just one of them games where you, you could have four shots and four goals. It was just one of them clicky games. Um, Brentford, when we beat them 3-1, Another good one. This one's up there. Everton, the comeback sort of feel of it. There's been some good ones, uh, but this is definitely, definitely up there for only his second game in charge. And I think that West Ham could have been as comfortable as this if we'd have scored that penalty. So yeah. it, the, the direction is right. Um, Paul, edge of his box. He's not just distributing it. He's the edge of his box. How many times did he get the ball, control it? And the, the speed of the defenders getting back to help him means he didn't have to kick it long. It's just a... Instead of Darcy saying, no disrespect to Darcy, but this is the way he plays, instead of saying, get up, everybody up, Poppy's going to boot it, they were yeah, dropping get back, up. they were asking for the ball. And uh, it, it worked, mate. It just, I don't think Southampton came expecting any of that because the way they defended against us, I can see exactly why Chelsea got six past them because they were horrendous defensively yeah. today. If it weren't for yeah. Fraser, we could have got five or six. Easily four and a lot of time or four two because yeah. you know they they had they had a couple of chances to be fair and you've mentioned that um, one thing I do want to pick at is I know you've already mentioned it Simon the bit of it well you mentioned that Brown was being a bit too excitable well, there was a few of them on the ball they were just a little bit the game that the first eight minutes we were shy let's be honest the first eight minutes were dreadful the camera's going to come back there it is the first eight minutes were dreadful um, they gave possession away too much my worry is the possession played played against a team that's potentially not on the beach uh, and we might lose that game but. Maybe I'm just splitting airs. Don't know what you two think. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, sort of and sort of not. Um, part of the feed didn't cut off afterwards when they were speaking about it, and they were talking about uh, they had Robbie Earl on, and he said this is a completely different Burnley side. Completely yeah, I different. I totally agree with you that the first eight minutes we were Pram Wickham, and then after that we were like Pram Barcelona. In fact. Nah, sorry, we weren't that bad. We're Prime Frankfurt. That's what we were. Um, so to be honest, I, I, I understand it. He, even Robbie Earl said that seeing Burnley have a game and have 16 shots is unreal. Yeah. You never see that from a Burnley side. And he said maybe the, the strings have been loosened on Burnley Football Club and uh, the players have more scope to produce what they have in their locker instead of keeping it hidden. Yeah. The strings have been loosened. I think that's a good way of saying it, Simon. You want to say something? No, mate, hundred percent. I'm just agreeing. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that it's almost like I, I heard um, the manager, Mark Jackson. I was going to throw as many puns in as I could today, but I forgot them all. Now. I had fucking loads as well. I had absolutely loads. Um, I guess one of them's probably Thriller. It was a thriller. yeah. It was a Thriller. To, moonwalking, a thriller. moonwalking out of the relegation oh, zone. I'm sick of it already. Um, what were the other end? And then. Um, Dave, my dad's mate, he was saying, uh, oh, that's bad. When we were coming up with the oh, puns, me, oh, honestly, they were all coming out tonight. But yeah, no, mate, I just think that the Mark Jackson said on Sky Sports afterwards, he hasn't done much differently. He hasn't gone out there and changed it. He hasn't gone out there and said, this is the way we're going to play now. He just reminded them who they are and how they play and what they're about. Uh, and it's showed today, like like you said, we're not uprooting trees. We're just actually playing football instead of just booting yeah. it and having that pressure on us. 
We're not just we're not just there was a few too many lumps up to Veg Horse for my liking, but you know it's baby no. steps, isn't it? You can't really complain. We've won two nil and Veg probably got rid of it fifty percent of, of the style as what as what we used to do, but we they were still there. But I agree that the shackles do seem off and we're trying to play in a different style of way. On Vegos, mate, I have never seen him while he's played for Burnley in as many positions as he was tonight. He was everywhere up top. Granted, he didn't not everything came off for him today, but his work ethic tonight was superb. And I think that's the only reason he got taken off of Jay, because I think he was actually playing a little bit better than Jay today. I think it was just to give him a rest because he's, he was everywhere. He was defensive at one point. He came back and helped out when, um, who was it, out of position? Someone was out of position and it was on the left. So it would have been um, Dwight, I think, was out of position. He's trapped by yeah. helped out. They've got a throw in. Uh, and then he's up front. He's on the left. He's on the right. He was literally everywhere tonight. It was superb. Yeah, Dwight, Dwight with class. That is that is Dwight as we love him. But I, I love that comment there by Peter Schofield. We have moved into a neat new era, Burnley AD. And obviously the AD stands for after dash. That's class. That. I, actually, I actually like that. That's a good point. You're there trying to rack yep. out these Michael Jackson crap ones that were, that were bad. <laughs> and um, he's come out with an absolute cracker. So... He'll have yeah, that that's on the screen. Tomorrow, uh, Something's just coming to my mind. I don't know whether I should camp. say it. I don't know whether what? I should say it. I was going to say, does that make Dale Stevens a smooth criminal after recent events? <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. You can say what you want, mate. It's not like you've just revealed something that nobody knows. Everybody knows what happened. No, that's uh, fair but... point. It's fair point. So there's no libel there. Uh, and if there is a libel case, you said it to Turf Moor House. Um, but um, <laughs> the, the stats are on screen. And like you said, it shows how dominant we were. Again, we didn't have much of the ball. Uh, well, we had a lot, but you know, we didn't have as much as a possession, uh, as a possession as the opposition, sorry. Uh, goal attempts, though, is what you do with the ball, isn't it? 40, 43% of possession, but we managed to get 16 goal attempts, six shots on target, which is a little bit annoying because all of them six were in the first half. Because I remember when they put the stats on the screen in the first half, it was said six then. I remember saying to me, Dad, wow, six shots on target in the first half. So only to their three, though. Um, so box shot six. I thought they did all right defensively. They were poor defensively, but in certain times they did defend well defensively because they were... This is Southampton, obviously, I'm talking about because they blocked a lot of shots. Vegos, it was mainly Forster as well, to be fair. Ten corner yeah. kicks, that's quite high. Uh, offsides, only three. I thought it was going to be more than that. But yeah, Simon, I think them stats show how dominant we actually were, don't they? Do you know what? Yeah, and and as well as that, I actually love the fact that... Um, did you see at half-time when they were all walking off? You know, we were buzzing, we were cheering them on. And Mark Jackson run on and he was throwing his arms around to get off this pitch. Get down that tunnel as quick as you can. Vegos yeah. and Corner were having none of it. But uh, everyone else, they were like running up behind them, giving them a push, getting it. And it was keeping that energy, that tempo, that passion going all the way even through the half-time break. He wasn't just expecting it for 45 minutes each side. He wanted to take that energy into the dressing room and continue that momentum because we saw it last week at West Ham. We can, we can mess it up and we don't want to do that again. And we didn't do it, thank God. Yeah, um, Jack G7 says, don't know if you saw Robert's interview, but he said he hasn't changed anything but has given us more freedom to play how we want. That's kind of what you said, weren't it, Simon? Or, or Dan, I can't remember who said it. Somebody said, like, refer to that interview. Um, so, yeah, I thought, yeah, it's good It's good what he's done. You don't, you don't want to come in and try to overhaul anything. But, you know, there's been no. a few comments coming in. Apologies if I've not um, put them on screen, but a few people, I'm trying to find one now, have sort of like, been asking what we do now with the manager situation. I think the best thing to do now would just be Give it Jackson till the end. Of, give it Jackson till the end of the season. Um, <laughs> you, there's no point in upsetting the app. I don't want him to have it. Even if we stay up, I don't want him to have it. He failed at Tranmere Rovers. Let's uh, let's get it right. He didn't do well at Shrewsbury. 
I don't want him to have it, but why upset the apple cart now? You know, he's, he's, we've, he's had two uh, games. We've done very, very well in them two games. Should have won them both, but got four points, you know, and had a massive win at home to Southampton. So, Dan, I'll come to you first. What do you want to do with the manager situation? For me, it's a case of give it Jackson and Ben Mee till the end of the season. Keep doing what you're doing and then bring in a new man um, in the summer. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think even sit them guys down in the boardroom when, you, when you're looking at candidates. Um, yeah. if, if you've already got one or two people that have said, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind a, a crack at the job, then sit down and say, look, do you think they'd be a good fit? Because you've been around the squad, you've seen how, they, you know, how they've been since you've been in the setup. Do you think that sort of manager's style would work? You know, get get them involved as well. I, I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one. Because as you say, when Dash went, you're thinking, is there somebody set to come in straight away? But it, it's it's almost Pace has took a risk over reward situation and hopefully it'll reward him in the end and reward, reward us as fans with another season of Premier League football. Yeah, Simon, if, like I said, for me, give it Jackson, say to him, right, if you keep us up, you can't have the job. I'm sorry, you just can't have it. You're not good enough. Even if you keep us up, you know, fantastic. You, here, he's five million quid. Personally, give him five million quid if he keeps us up. But then you've got to get a proper manager at the end of the season, haven't you? Oh, mate, to be fair, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Dash was on some sort of ridiculous keepers up bonus, if I remember rightly, where he boasted about the watches he had and things like that. So yeah. if, I don't think it would be unusual for Mark Jackson to get get a, you know, even if it's an unofficial bonus, let's say, like, I don't know how to word it better than that. But um, you keep them up, it's worth hundreds of millions over a season, isn't it? So let's be fair, because yeah, exactly. it's not just the players... It's not just the money you're getting in, it's the players you're going to keep hold of. Uh, it stops you having to sort of rebrand the whole thing. It, it could save you hundreds of millions. So I think that, yeah, it'd be worth every penny if you said to him, I'll tell you what, like, keep us up and you'll take you all to Vegas. Um, because it, it managers do that. Look at when Leicester won the league. He spent pretty much most of his winnings on buying them cars and stuff. Yeah, all so, them BMWs. Yeah. But there is rumour like, that we could be going to the US for the summer. So fingers crossed that that happens. And then, you know, like I said, just, I don't know. I just feel like this is the dawn of a new era, as they said. Someone else said it earlier as well. Um, and I do think that there needs a new manager, a proper structured, this is what the five-year plan is. Rather than, I'll tell you what, he's doing all right, actually. Let's just see how he gets on. Because that's yeah. what Mark Jackson would only ever be. As soon as he had a run of six, seven games, it's like, right, you've had your chance, pal. We're going to have to get a proper manager in now. And I don't think that's fair on him. I think let's get a structure manager in who's got a game plan and an ethos and all that, like that Dash did, and let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, fair enough. Just put this question on screen because I wanted to answer it because I knew I'd forget if I didn't put it on screen. Genuine question, as I don't know if I've not seen or is it now different, is MJ up and about in his technical area bellowing or is he more reserved? He's up and about, but he's not bellowing, he's, so he's a bit of both. He's, every time I looked, he was stood there or Ben Mee was stood there, uh, but he's not shouting and, and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, um, though. It, it was good to see. It was good to see Ben, me, and uh, Paul Jenkins when, when the goals went in. Obviously, have a bit of passion and uh, jumping around. It was yeah. nice to see that from technical area. We've not seen that for a while. We've obviously seen Dasha sort of like watch the ball and then lean back and then swig of water, and that's yeah, literally normally it. Swig of water in it. Normally, swig of water. But it's good um, to see a bit of uh, a bit of fat in the yeah, a bit of passion in the uh, backroom team as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've not seen that yet, but. Um... Yeah, I agree. It, it will be good to see. Um, obviously, on the manager position, um, obviously, we're going to have to talk about who we want at some point, you know, so we might as well do it now. Um, I'll come to you first, Daniel. 
if you could pick any any of the managerial candidates that you've seen is linked with, or maybe go a bit further afield and, and maybe you know somebody that you know isn't unrealistic, like Pep Guardiola, for example, um, <laughs> who would you who would you choose as the next gaffer? See, I thought outside of the box with this because I thought Alan Pace being an American is going to go for somebody maybe from the MLS. Yeah, well, I were hoping not. Um, however, I was thinking with Burnley ties, manager of Orlando City, Adrian Heath, I thought maybe that might have been one that he might have uh, looked into. But I thought well, it's that, that sort of thinking outside the box and then outside of what's left around there. Um, yeah. For me personally, I'd take Nutson at Bordeaux Glimt. Yeah. I think if you look at his CV recently, the fact that he took a team that was destined for relegation and he's on course to make them back-to-back title winners. Can't really fault him for that. Do you know what? Yeah. Brighton are a perfect example I'm of Palace. taking that risk with their manager. Uh, the only difference with the Brighton one is it, this was always the plan. It was always a way that he felt like he wasn't getting the jobs he deserved in the English leagues, wanted to be in the Premier League. He knows the English leagues, let's be fair to him. But I don't know, I feel... I feel like it's quite clear and obvious that these owners are brand-oriented. And I think that it would be somebody, in my opinion, that would bring some value to the brand as well as the football. Yeah, that, that's my opinion. That. Yeah. So, who that's do you think is coming in then? Or, or, or I'll tell you what then. Who, who do you want, camera freeze, who do you want and who do you You're think like are coming based there, on... I am very excited. <laughs> we just be, you know. So, who do you want? And then who do you think is going to come in based on what you've just said? You know what? As part of sort of like a transitional thing, because I mentioned it before on the podcast, that when you completely change it too much, sometimes it takes too many years to get going again, mm. like Arsenal, Man United, etc. Even the big clubs struggle with a transition. I think sometimes you need to go in a similar direction. Um, so Wilder was always my first choice at the beginning. From the minute it happened, I thought, if we can get Wilder Same. in, steer Same. the ship, He's got a similar ethos, but a better brand of football, in my opinion. Um, so he was my first choice. And then if you're going to take a risk, if you're going to go for a punt, then why why not have a go with Rooney? Yeah, well, Rooney fits what you're saying. This is what I said to my dad today. I said to my dad, if these want Burnley to be, uh, like you say, a bigger brand, you know, they want us to be spoken about all over the world. They want, they want, uh, return on their investment. All right, their investment isn't as much as you know we wanted it to be because we had to the way they funded the club. But they still want to return on that investment. The business men, they still want to remit their money back. So Rudy would be the perfect example for your brand comment because it would make people talk. Or everyone in England would still be interested in how Rooney and Burnley are doing. People all over the world would be interested in how Rooney and Burnley are doing it. And get more people who've never heard of Burnley talking about Burnley. So I think I think Rooney's good for the brand, and that's exactly what Connor says there. I think that's 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 a good shout for the brand one. So. Do you want him as well, or is it just you think he's good for the brand? I think he's good for the idea of of going forward the brand. Uh, but the problem with Rooney for a long haul is we most most managers would look at Burnley as a stepping club. You know, we are the one to try and get yourself into a top six sort of management role by flying it yeah. and doing it well with Burnley, uh, playing attractive football like Brighton's manager, for example. I forget his name. What's his name? Brighton's manager. Graham uh, Potter. Potter. Potter, yeah. So he's a perfect example in it, so taking that risk. But I think if you get a Rooney in, as soon as a Man United ever to, I mean, a Man United for anybody, but you know what I'm saying? As soon as sort of like a bigger club comes in, I can see him being money driven, uh, even though he's already rich as he's come. I could see him sort of jumping ship as the first opportunity. That's my problem. 
Vincent Company, though, as well, isn't it? I think I looked at that when people saying company's been linked with a job. I'm thinking that's a stepping stone to the City job, similar to Gerard and Villa and Liverpool. It's almost just stepping stones. And, you know, yeah. I thought about the Rooney situation. I thought, is it going to be good? OK, his name's going to bring in players as well. He's got that pulling power because of his name. Yeah. It, it Again, it's another one of those. It's good for the brand, but it's a risk. It yeah, risk. it's... But they're all, I think I think everyone's a risk at this stage, and and I'm with yeah. you, Dan. I want I want Newton, and I think he's the biggest risk of the lot. But the reason why I want him is because if we go down, and a lot of people, Matt Lowcock especially, put it about two or three times in the chat, has mentioned the the fact that there's like ten players out of contract in the summer. So if we go down, I think Newton would be the perfect person to come in and do the rebuild job that he's done up in Norway, and then completely change the entire ethos of the team. Like so, we're now playing attacking football. We're now playing four three three. You know, fast paced football. That that would be the perfect way to do it. But I understand what people are saying with the Rooney and stuff, and there's a lot of shouts for Nuno. I'd have Nuno, but I I, I can't see him. I think he's got uh, you know his sights set a little bit higher than Burnley. So it's going to be an yeah, interesting few weeks. Interesting few weeks to find out who we get and things like that. But um, obviously I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about, we haven't actually talked about the game that much, have we? Apart from the fact that, oh, we're buzzing, we're buzzing. Um, Connor Roberts' first goal, sensational, weren't it? Absolute class. Yeah, I mean, what what did we refer to him? Uh, people call him the Welsh cafe, but it were more like prime gigs. With that left foot, yeah, it yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't like the Welsh Cafu because it was Chesterfield Cafu. So I don't like yeah. that. We need to get, we need a different one. Lawton's a yeah. Chesterfield Cafu, so we can have, like you said, Welsh gigs or well, he was Welsh, but in fact, you can't say gigs because he's a wife beater. So what, what do you say? Um, I don't know. Um, That's why I said Pram because that was like you know when when we liked him, non GBH gigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still a baller, weren't he? Let's be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he were. Can't, 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 can't knock his footballing ability. Um, it came out of nowhere though, didn't it? Because that first eight minutes we were shite, we were terrible. And I even tweeted, and I had to delete it at the end because people love jumping on tweets. And I tweeted saying, "Not been good enough this first five minutes." You know, lads, don't look up for it. And literally five seconds after I press send, he scored. Someone straight away. Eh. So I just thought, I'm just deleting this. But uh, they weren't good enough at first five minutes. Did you get that goal? I deleted it. Yeah, I couldn't be asked because. <laughs> no, because even even against Everton, right? Even against Everton, I tweeted at half time saying I'm sick of Dash, he needs to earn his money, blah, blah, blah. And then even the pub, the Royal Dash got on my back about it. And I was like, I'm not having a brand war here again. So I just fucking deleted it. Could be arsed. But after that, better side, weren't we, Dan? We completely should have been phoned up by half time. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for Fraser Forster, we'd have been uh, more than comfortable in that game before we even yeah. going in at the break. Um the point blank save he made from uh, J Rod's yeah, effort. That were quality. That that's up there with one of the one of the saves that Port made against West Ham. Yeah. It's um, it's solid, and I mean the fact that he's still knocking about playing Premier League football. I think he's in his forties now, isn't he, for his Forster, or not far off. I I don't think I don't yeah. I don't think he is literally I'm in his forties. I'm, I'm googling it as well. So who's, who's got I'm, sh- I'm sure he's like back end or not far off. 34, so he's the same age as me. Is it? He's actually younger yeah. than me. He's a month he's younger, younger than, than me. me as well. well, obviously, if he's younger well, than me, he's you, younger than you, Simon. I'll be 31 in August. He's, he's near enough your age, fella. <laughs> well, wow. to be fair, he looks old, doesn't he? Not he's a granddad you, to me. He's a granddad to me. Yeah. He looks old. <laughs> I think also youthful, youthful looking, so... You, know, you just see yeah, those players and those names and you just think he's been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, I saw it recently and Lee Hughes is, you know, Lee Hughes is retired. I'm like, well, God, like, he was knocking around at Oldham 
God knows how many years ago, why is he only just retiring? Yeah. And then realise he's like 47 or something playing for some sort of non-league side. I'm like, right, fair enough. I just want to, I just want to digress because there's a lot of comments coming in um, about like because I said I want, I didn't want him to be called the Welsh Cafu. So there's the Welsh Danny Alves, um, Welsh Stephen Ward. I like that one. I do like that one. <laughs> uh, the Welsh Jose Basingua. I like that one. And the Welsh Emmanuel Abue. I think my favourite one is probably Welsh Stephen Ward because it's Stephen Ward. Um, but Welsh Danny Alves works as well because Danny Alves is obviously obviously class. Um, second goal. Welsh Trippier, yeah, yeah, that works. But he, he he's playing for a rival now, so can't. Really, I hate that camera. There we go. Um, he's playing for a rival now, so you can't really you can't really be praising him too much. So Trippier can uh, swivel until he leaves Newcastle. If I'm being honest with you, um, second goal. Obviously, a bit of controversy about it. Some people have been complaining on Twitter, mainly Southampton fans and a few sort of like Everton fans and Leeds fans. Obviously, offside or not? Yeah. It, it, what do you think, Simon? Because you're obviously chatting obviously it went to VAR they were complaining about it I felt when it he, when he's taken the corner when is it Brown who took the corner and the corner comes in Jack is interfering with play at that point because he's in forces way and stuff it's not a foul I'm saying he's interfering with the play however has as the header is coming in and Ed- then he would have been offside at that point but Forster's moved him out of the way and he's already well out of the way then he doesn't touch the ball and I know you don't need to touch the ball to interfere with play but he's not blocking forced off either anymore at this point. So for me, I, I think I think it's a goal. I think the correct decision is given. <laughs> what, what do you think, Simon? Yeah, man, I think it's the correct decision. I, th- I think there's so many dubious decisions. And if you want to go by the letter of the law and the arduous case of he was interfering, he was this, Fraser pushed him out of the way. If, if, if he just left him in his way and tried to dive for that ball, he'd exactly. have got an exactly, player yeah. and he would have been offside. So he'd have got two. There were two calls for action there. However, if you want to go by the dubious letter of the law, I think it was Ward Prowse that jumped out and unballed it when his arms were sort of mid-heart. They were certainly not by his side. And Mm. it stopped a clear goal-scoring chance. I'm not saying I want him sent off and all that thing. But if you're going to go by the letter of the law, it's a shot on target that was stopped by him throwing his arms up in the air. So you can take that one and then give us that one then. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, thoughts on the uh, couple of controversial decisions? Yeah, I, I thought the ref did it all right today, actually. I thought he yeah, handled right. it pretty well. Um, I mean, we, we've seen it. As you said, the Ward-Prowse one, it's it's difficult to call. He sort of turned his back, but his arm is definitely up. Yeah, his arm is definitely up, whether he turned his back not, or I've not. I've not seen it again since from being on the turf, so I can't say I've seen like three angles of it or anything, but at the time I thought it was a penalty. I'm happy to say that I'm wrong when I see it again. Yeah, but, no, um, I, thought, I, thought I, thought I thought it were. I thought it were. I thought it were a straight-up pen, but, you know, we don't know what the offside rule is anymore. You know, it's one week it's given, the next minute it's not. Um, you know, the, sec- the second goal were decent enough, though. I mean... Typical of Jack Court to be involved in both goals. The oh, second yeah. one potentially being offside, but then given, but then his goal actually is offside, and then it's just it's just madness. But um, I think I, th- I think we deserve the second goal, and he's not really interfering with play. He's just he's just not really moved when the ball's coming from the corner, and it's just a case yeah. of he's thought shit. I'm gonna have to get out of the way. And if if you look at cricket and they play that little like noise indicator thing in the Snickle. middle to see if he's touched it, Snickle, yeah, it's called. Yeah, you know, there'll have been no noise, there'll have been no connection. So, yeah, I'm glad the goal stood. 
Yeah, Alan Anderson says, how better are we with Jack in the middle? Yeah, we discussed that early on, mate. You must have missed it. But yeah, much better. Much better with Jack in the middle. We're all gutted West is injured. Speedy recovery yeah. from hey, your I've got, um, um, angle. Go on, Simon. I'm just watching the game back now, so that's why I've jumped in. Sorry. But I'm just watching it now. It's on Sky Sports. And they basically, the, the one that's offside, where it was offside, where it hit Jack Cork and went in, there's definitely, for me, an argument that Fraser Forster then fouls Jay Rodriguez because Jay Rodriguez touches the ball, gets clattered by Fraser Forster, which then means that Jay can't get the ball, falls onto Jack, goes in the net. I yeah. mean, without the collision, Jay would have probably just chested that in the net. So there's an argument there as well for for this. Mm, you know, if you there. want to pull it back before the offside, before, there's sort yeah, of already a foul in it. If Fraser doesn't touch yeah. the ball at all. I've just watched it back there. He actually yeah. just spears. He goes full WWE and puts him through the ring. So, yeah, no, I'm not having that. Shut up. Yeah, I've not, I've not seen that <laughs> one yet, so I can't comment. The highlights are on YouTube if you do want to watch um, the highlights on YouTube after this live, of course, just when this live is finished, head over to the official Burnley account. The highlights are on there. That's exactly what I'll be doing. Um, but a couple of people have started talking about the Wolves game and stuff. Um I said today on a Wolves podcast, um, and when I, I will, it will be out soon because I did one for my channel and I get chance it'll probably be Saturday morning. Um, that if we win tonight, I'm going to go into the Wolves game quietly confident. How are you two feeling about that one? I'll start with you, Simon, because they've not played for three weeks, so they're going to be rusty. They could be fresh, it could go either way, but we're going to go into this now with confidence, bouncing, getting the faces early on, and hopefully just take the game too. And I think we can get another win. What do you think? Yeah, I was talking about this earlier. I think that Wolves are a very good side defensively. They don't tend to come out and try and score three or four past you. Um, so we are, and granted we've scored two today, we could have scored five or six, but it will definitely nowhere near be as easy to unlock Wolves as it was Southampton today. So yeah, I agree. I'm genuinely worried that we're... I don't know. I don't think we should get beat at home against the Wolves because, like I said, they are sort of renowned for the defensive side of it. I would like to say that we should beat them. Scrape a 1-0 right now. Um, but I were looking at the fixtures for Leeds coming up. Uh, Steph Wilson brought it to my attention, actually. They've got some serious fixtures coming up. They're only five above us. Um, and the best thing, that if we can go into that game against Wolves, somehow get a result, which is not ridiculous. I'm, I'm not saying somehow was in it's like a ridiculous thing, but somehow come out with a result, get three points, and then Everton play straight after us. And we yeah. put the pressure seriously on them because they're the four o'clock kickoff, if I'm right, or our four. Yeah, they are. They are. They are afterwards. You mentioned the league's fixtures, so they're there on screen now. They've got Palace away next. I do think they lose that one. Uh, yeah. Potentially get a draw. Uh, then they've got Man City at home. They'll get tanked. Arsenal away. They'll get beat. Chelsea at home. They'll get beat. Then the next two fixtures after that are both it's winnable, but they could times. easily. Yeah, yeah, they are at the minute. They are. Yeah, but obviously that's in four games. They could have. They could have lost the next four. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think they'll lose their next four. Then they're right in it if we if we can pick some points up. So it's it, I'm glad you mentioned Leeds because I did want to talk about Leeds because all all the all the chat is on Burnley and Everton. I think Leeds mm. could definitely get dragged into it. Are they a better side than us? Yes. Do they have better players than us? Yes. But um, I think they can definitely get dragged into it. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, don't rule it out. Don't rule it out. You know, Leeds will think they're going to go quietly about the business. They're already out of it. They'll sort of have that attitude like. Everton have got. I mean, we 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 look like we're ready to fight to get out of it. Everton yeah. don't look like Everton and Leeds to me don't look like two teams that are even thinking they're anywhere near the drop. Yeah, it's almost like taking each game as it comes to the drop, not even thinking Especially that Leeds. far ahead. 
What's that? Everton, we, uh, especially yeah. Leeds. I think, Ever I think Everton yeah. are just a bit gash. But Leeds, I do think Leeds feel like they're completely out of it. The fans don't. I know the fans don't because I work in Leeds. So, it's, it, uh, I know they're panicking a little bit. But I think the way that Leeds have been playing, I do think that they feel that they're out of it. Yeah, massively. Look, looking at that, as you say, that's that's dangerous. That's up there with Everton's running. You know, I, the thing is, though, I've said this. I've said this a few times. Everyone's like, oh, on paper, you've got the best running. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's on paper. You look at us this season against the teams around us and we've been dog shit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then Everton go to teams like Manchester United. It's technically a free hit game. They get a 1-0 win. And you're just like, shit. So, I, 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 it, it's nervy times. Although, I do expect Liverpool to give them a right good fucking tonking on yeah, someone someone has just said in the comments, do you think Everton can get something from that game because Merseyside derbies are always interesting? No, I honestly think they're going to absolutely murder him. And if they don't, then we can pretty much pack up and go home ourselves. Well, they've it, still it, got it's... something to fight for, haven't they? They've still got that title, exactly, title yeah. charge yeah, to fight yeah, for. So... What in it? Quadruple yeah. What yeah. But... yeah, they can get the quad, sorry. Yeah, yeah they can get the quad. Um as a Man United fan in the chat, he's probably not going to like this, but I've just brought the league table up as well, seeing as we're chatting about Leeds and Everton. Um, and Matt Lowcock asked in the chat earlier, um, do we go above Everton with the draw? Yes, we do, because our goal difference is now yeah. better than them. So that's why today's win was massive. And that's also why their fucking equaliser last night were massive for them, the bastards. Because um, we, we would have been above them now if they didn't get that goal last night. But... The current Premier League table is Norwich bottom 21 points, Watford second bottom 22 points. You could probably write them two off now. Uh, then comes the Mighty Clarets, third bottom on 28, Everton 17th on 29, then Leeds 16th on 33. And Villa, if they lose every single game between now and the end of the season, which I don't think they will, they could go down. They're the only teams that I think can go now. Do you know what? That, that was on my sort of list of things stretch. to mention. Uh, that was definitely because Villa, the the you know, like me and Joe speak about it often, like the media narratives, and the the media haven't dared say anything about Stevie G because he was this wonder thingy for Villa. He's come in, he's done it, he's turned it around, got like four wins out of six in his first six games, something silly like that. And then all of a sudden, now you look at it, they're only well, how many points I've got it on small there, three points above the um, Leeds. Uh, granted, they played again less, but look at that recent form, mate. That's like yeah. relegation yeah, form. Yeah. But no one would dare say it because it's Stevie G. But you know, let's see if he gets away with that next season. Yeah, I think they, they've had like they've, they started the season dreadfully. Then they had a bit of an upturn in form. Then they were dreadful again. Then they got rid of Smith. Then brought Gerard in. Then they got the new manager bounce, and now they've been dreadful again. Without that new manager bounce, they're writing it. So can yeah. they get away oh, yeah. with that next season? I, I, I think they're going to be in trouble next season, but obviously that, that's a debate for next season. Do I think they'll go down? No. I think they would genuinely have to lose every single game between now and the end of the season to go down. Because if they win one more game, that's 39 points. They're not going to go down on 39 points with the way that we've been playing up until today. Um, how are we feeling then uh, in terms of the actual relegation battle? It's it's taken a turn again tonight. The guy on TalkSport I was listening to on the drive home, Kunde, he says he thinks Burnley are going to stay up now. 
Um, it's mad how much that's changing week by week. I know. It, it, it honestly, it, it changes game by game, though, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. It just changes instantly. Like I think when we did one, after, who did we beat when all three of us were on here? Was it Tottenham? We all, we all came on saying, "Yeah, we're going to stay up." Yeah. The week after, we were drew against Palace. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So it can change so quickly. Uh, we have to play Villa twice too, as well as Connor says in the chat. Good point. That's how that, that works in our favour as well, especially the home game. We can definitely beat them. They have been dreadful since then. So I don't know. I'm I'm not going to nail my colours to the mast too much uh, in terms of saying we're definitely going up or uh, going up. Sorry, definitely staying you, up. But I think, I think it's, you've already nailed up. Um, no, I do still. I I feel better about it now, but. Yeah, I still think I still think we'll probably. Redound, I just I think, think there's too much worse. work to do. Yeah, I, I just think there's too. We've left ourselves with too much work to do. Yes, we're buzzing right now, but it, it can easily come crashing down against Wolves now. You know, and then, yeah, and then not, we're kind yeah. of not back to square one because we'll still only be with one point because they're not they're not going to win uh, against uh, Liverpool or Everton. But it can. This is Burnley. You know, we, we were class against Everton. They shite against Norwich. Class against Tottenham. You know, and then shite for three games after it. The, Brentford being the main one, but. I don't know. I, th- I do think we've left ourselves with probably a little bit too much to do, and it will genuinely be the great escape if we stay up. Simon, then, what, what are you saying? What, what do you think we're going to do? Uh, well, I've said all along that I think we've got enough. I said when, before the Spurs game, even uh, before that victory, I did, we had private chat, and when I said it online, that I never felt we would get beat in that game. I thought we'd always win that game. Um, but the, the only concern I've got is, is outside our factors, and that that, that is... People like Everton have got superstar players like Richarlison. And I mentioned that weeks ago. I mentioned yeah. it before the Villa game to you. That, uh, before the Villa game, before the Everton game, sorry. That they have superstar players. And yesterday was another proof of that. They have no right to get back in that game um, against a really good Leicester side. And they got a 90-odd minute. They got a 90, 103rd minute goal when that guy strapped himself to post. It's yeah. just having them superstar players that can create something uh, even though you don't deserve it. But that's exactly the point I'm making by saying we've left ourselves with too much to do because these things are going to happen, I think. Yeah, I think we'll do it. Though. I genuinely think we'll do it. Do it at whose expense? Everton, Leeds, Villa? It's like that, that is a great question because I only had eyes on Everton. Literally only had eyes on Everton. Steph Wilson brought it to my attention today uh, about the running that Leeds have got. Looked at it with a different set of eyes and I thought, do you know what, they're not out of it, but I'll go with my gut and of, of Everton. If anyone, yeah. Do you see Steph Wilson at Parkview? Yeah, yeah. Cheers for invite, Dan. Who do you, who do you think is going up? Do you think <laughs> we can stay up? <laughs> you think we can stay up? Um, I, I'm with Simon in to the point where I think if we start looking past Everton, it could get a, a little bit away from us. Let, let's just look at those above us and take it from there. 17 and above. That's what. That's sort of where we're going to be looking. Um, yeah. for me. I'm starting to think, go back a couple of weeks, a couple of months even, that Watford game at the turf where we drew 0-0, that was, that was our must-win game at the time. Now, this, this, this next Watford game after the Wolves game could be another massive one. Yeah, another yeah. massive one. Are you going to nail some colours to a mast here or are you going to do a me and, and just sort of like kind of sit out of it? No, no, I mean... I don't really like the fence poking me arse these days. It's not it's not nice. <laughs> Splint, splinters and shit. I can't be bothered with that. Um, so I think we've got enough to do it. I think we've got enough to do it. But this the Burnley this season, you can never say never. Personally, though, I think, yeah, we've got enough to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So if we do stay up, Dan, who do you think we're going to send down? Everton, hopefully. My stepdad's a blue. Can't wait to rub into his little scummy face. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I, I hope you don't watch. Joe aggression, that. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's the old Joe aggression. I, I'm good now. I'm good now. Um, someone mentioned earlier, I don't want to leave it to the last game of the season, Newcastle are looking good with how in charge, David Elliott. I completely agree. They do look good now, but they look good. Well, they look better at home than what they do away from home. And yeah. I do think they'll ease off a little bit now. Maybe not because they're playing for contracts and stuff, and obviously they've you know they've got a lot of uh, money, so the, the players will be playing for contracts and still they've still got the feel good factor. Um, but I think if we're playing a team who's already safe on the final day of the season, have got nothing to play for, then we've only got ourselves to blame if we don't get over the line on that situation. Say for example, if we beat Newcastle and we are definitely safe because we're already a point above Everton, for example, if we lose that game and Everton win theirs, then it serves us serves us right. We, we can't be getting beat against a team that don't have anything to play for on the last day of the season, especially at the turf, I think. Yeah, big time. Um, is there anything else you want to say, boys? I'd say it now because I'm up for work at all five in the morning. So I am going to start wrapping it up a little bit now. If you are just joining the chat or you've just like joined halfway through, the video does stay on the YouTube channel so you can watch it at, lo- at your leisure as soon as the live is finished. And I will immediately after this is finished, create a podcast and stick it on the podcast so you can listen to it on your drive to work in the morning. But is there anything else you want to add, boys, or anyone in the comments? Quickly say what you need to say. No, I think uh, I'll throw my man of the match in as uh, probably court, but it's very, very close for Robert second. Yeah, fair enough. Dan, we did man of the match, didn't we? Dan, did you get yeah, yours in? Yeah, you said Robert. One, I just said how good yeah. Robert's a player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going in for Dwight McNeil or Charlie Taylor. I thought yeah. that last-ditch tackle by Charlie Taylor to stop. Yeah, um, class. Che Adams from, you know, could have been a completely different ball game if that had happened, so... Massive, massive interception. So Charlie Taylor will get it for me. Yeah, fair enough. Connor says, cheers for a good live, guys. Great escape is on Roll on Sunday. That seems like the perfect place to end. Roll on Sunday, indeed. We can take that momentum into that game, get another three points, send Everton into the relegation zone, put the pressure on them ahead of two massive games. Thank you for watching. If you do want to watch, like I've said, the rest of the show, as soon as I end this live, now it becomes available again. You can watch it all or just subscribe to Turfcast Podcast on your favourite podcast app and it'll be there in the morning for you to listen on your drive to work. And as Stuart Rhodes says, up the fucking clarets. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.